You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Um, first of all, sorry about yesterday. Um, I'm, my head is freaking swimming. Like, I'm, I like that there's so much to talk about, but... Like I, 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 I'm one of those people that freaks out if you got a bunch of tabs open. Like, just close all this. Or whatever. I have seven thousand tabs open, and I just, I keep opening more because there's so much going on. Like, oh, I should talk about that. I should talk about that. there. Here's a uh, article I got. I should read that, and I just click open a new tab. Open it. Everything is just open a new tab, and I don't take the time to try to organize all of it. And then I'm sitting here, and it's just like there's tabs everywhere, and I don't know what to do, man. I don't. It's like, why don't you read the article? Like, I don't want to read the article right now. I'm doing something else. So. I'm going to just push record, and we're going to fly through this. And again, probably not going to be super organized. And and listen, I I don't want to start this way, but it's at the top of my mind. It's kind of the biggest thing that's going on right now. I'm going to be nice about it, so don't... Well, I, I shouldn't make the, that promise, but my intent is to be nice about it. But I do want to talk about this Pat McAfee thing that's going on. And not even so much the thing that seemed really bad, which was... Um, when Brett Coleman, who's a really big YouTuber, found a video of a Colts guy, and um, his dad passed away, very emotional thing. He's like, look, we don't have money for services for my dad. Like, we, we're not going to be able to save his house. We're not going to be able to save his truck, which I'll be completely honest. I, I don't know the backstory, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, that's an expensive truck. You should sell the truck and then use that money for services would be my, my thought. But, but I guess they need to keep that truck and they want help paying it off. I don't know. Whatever. Point is, he's a Colts guy. Pat McAfee's a Colts guy. And Brett Coleman probably knows him, right? The creator community is pretty tight-knit, right? When, when I was doing more YouTube stuff, you get to know some of the YouTubers. You, you kind of talk to them, you associate with them, whatever. It's actually much more close-knit than podcasting is. Actually, that's not true. I think it's close-knit. I just think I'm on the outside of that group. <laughs> but actually, I don't even know if that's entirely true. There's maybe like two or three that talk to each other, and the rest are all kind of just doing their own thing. Anyways, so he finds out about it, and... Uh, he just tags Pat McAfee and I think one other guy, and he's like, hey, man, let's, let's spread the word. Let's see if we can get this guy some help. And Pat McAfee blocks Brett Coleman. And Brett's like, okay, message received, and, and like posts a picture of the fact that he got blocked. And then Pat McAfee starts like getting mad at him. Like, like, I told you in your DMs, like, how dare you share this? Like, I wanted to block you privately or whatever. <laughs> like... <laughs> He's like, as I told you in your DMs, I just wanted to mute you, not block you. Like, oh, that's so much better. And then he goes on to berate him about the way in which he did it. You shouldn't have tagged me, which is just absurd to me. First of all, it's an urgent matter. He doesn't have your phone number. He can't access your DMs. And, you know, he even went on to say, like, I, I thought about trying to go through the proper channels and figure out how to get a hold of you, talk to people, know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy something, but... This would be a lot faster and a lot easier, so I just did this, spur of the moment, like, hey, let's do a good... I mean, that's the thing. We all... I've done that a thousand times. Like, hey, here's somebody we should support, and you just retweet it or something. It's a good thing. So that was bad, and he got buried, and there were a handful of uh, Pat McAfee, I guess we'll call them stands, even though I hate that word, but I can't think of a better, um, at least appropriate way to uh, describe them, that were just vicious in their defense of everything and half of them didn't even know what happened 
<laughs> which was the hilarious part about it. They come out like, oh, just let it go. You worried about Goot? And I'm like, do you even know what I'm talking about? And no idea what I was talking about. They didn't know what happened. And then, of course, they start defending it because they feel they're already entrenched. Rather than just saying, oh, I didn't know that, my bad. Now I have to defend this bad behavior because I'm just entrenched in this team because I'm an idiot. And that's how that goes. But anyways, that's that whole saga. I'm not going to super get into that. The, the only thing is I, I think Pat McAfee's brain just like snapped. Like he's, he's just had a rough week. But I think I was thinking about it today. I was, I was kind of, you know, just sometimes it's good to just step away from the computer and process, go grab a cup of coffee and let, let all the files kind of sort themselves out. And I was watching some of the videos and apparently the, the Packer guy on his show, I don't know his name, Tyler or is it Tyler? I don't know. Probably shouldn't just make up names. But he's got a Packer fan on his show. He was gone. And so he kind of relies on him to give him intel on like what you should and shouldn't say or whatever. Apparently this is what he was led to believe. But here's, and we'll go through some of the video clips kind of for a different reason, but here's kind of where my mind settled. The, the biggest shock to me is that Pat McAfee has always been like a good guy. You know, he always portrays himself as like, I'm just this big stupid punter, man. I just say crazy stuff, but like I'm everybody's buddy. You know what I mean? Like I root for everybody. I'm on everybody's team. Like I love Rodgers. I love all this. And he kind of took a real, real hard turn and got really negative. And I really genuinely believe, even though I don't think it was necessarily okay to take it as far as he did, I, I every time I watch that video, I'm quite positive he was under the influence. If you watch him, he's seemed like he's a little bit drunk, so maybe that played a part in it. But here's what I think. His only, re you know, we, we, it's funny because I've, I've talked about it a thousand times. When you try to cover 32 teams, it's impossible. You can't really do it adequately especially when you want to get super granular in terms of like what does the fan base think how are they split i talked to a guy on uh on twitter who's a big bears twitter guy and uh we were just kind of talking about the pat mcafee thing and kind of agreeing that like this is even though it's seen as like just packer fans and everyone disagrees that's not true there's fans from all over fan bases like dude this guy this is bad so we were just kind of talking about that and i was like oh by the way what's going on over there in bears land anything interesting because i've been kind of disconnected Usually I'm doing battle over there, but I'm fighting Packers fans right now. And he's like, yeah, you know, he talked about some of the drama and mentioned things like uh, there's a big fight about whether DJ Moore is actually a, a number one wide receiver. And I was surprised. Like, I thought they were all united. So if you think about it, if I had just gone based on my, my knowledge or whatever, and I'm trying to do the Pat McAfee shtick, which is I'm everybody's buddy. Like, everybody's going to be awesome. Everybody's a dog right even if they're really not but that's just what i say because you know again it's all about like just being a good dude and supporting everybody I'd go on the show and just be like dj moore's gonna be a dog for the chicago bears and then there's a big uproar because half of bears fans or whatever think that he's an idiot now that's kind of a bad example but it's kind of i think that's kind of what happened because pat mcafee really only has two points of reference for the packers he's been immersed in in packers stuff with this whole aaron Rodgers thing and having one of his three like major co-hosts um being a i say major because he's got a billion different co-hosts that come in all the time but there's like the three main guys two that sit at that desk the one dude with the hammer thing he's a packer fan so so by extension he's he's more up to date on packers than anything else but his only two points of reference are aaron Rodgers, who you know you feel like has some pretty good intel and then you've got a guy who is one of the pro rogers types which again i know that's an unfair label a lot of people think that him leaving is a good idea that still are, of course, pro-Rodgers, but I'm just going to segment it that way. Just understand that I don't mean that you're anti-Rodgers or whatever. I'm just saying. So he's one of those guys that says Rodgers is the only thing that's ever worked here. 
He's the reason for 2019. He's the reason for 2020. He's the reason for 2021. He's not to blame for 2018 or 2022. That, that had nothing to do with Rodgers. I don't know how that reconciles in their brain, but it does. And Gutekunst is terrible because we've had you know, a lot of opportunities by almost getting there on the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. And if Gutekunst could have done like one freaking thing, made one move to get one player, not like the players we already have who are superstars, like that doesn't count, like one more. If we had one more player, then we would have like, you know, been able to win more Super Bowls, probably like two or three for sure. At least one or, or maybe zero if we're doing like real actual math based on how many, you know, what are the percentages of a really good team winning a Super Bowl. So Pat McAfee doesn't know anything else. And here's the other thing that sucks for him. If you look at, and obviously there's different um, specific opinions you can ask, but if you've been watching any of the polls, I don't know what's going on over there on Facebook, but I, I did a poll on Patreon, and um, I've seen lots of polls on Twitter, and it was, it was different earlier. Like, after the season, you might get different results, but from what I've seen right now, if you break it down into the two camps of pro Rodgers versus pro Packers, it's like 75-25 in the pro Packers camp. So... His buddy on his show is in the minority. And Pat McAfee doesn't know that. So I'm thinking in his mind, he is going to be the voice of all Packer fans. I'm going to stand up here and be like, that freaking dummy goot, blah, 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 blah. And he's, I think he's picturing in the back of his mind Packer fans jumping to their feet and cheering for this man. And granted, 25% of the Packer fans did. But 75% got pissed. Now, I'm not going to rehash what he said about Brian Gutekunst because we went through that. And again, stupid but he did another video and he's been kind of burying himself for a while now and all these like fake things or whatever but um kind of a funny video he came out and he said i got crushed by packer fans this weekend and listen this is i think pat mcafee being pat mcafee right he's kind of taking a step back rather than like staying engaged and I, i i get caught up in this too you get caught up in these arguments and these fights and you just bury yourself to the point where it's like this is not the image of myself that i really want to portray, but at the same time, I'm really having a fun time punching this guy's head into the into the cement. It feels really good because he was a super douche for no reason, and that's always that's kind of my thing. If you see me being like mean on Twitter or whatever, I give it like I get it. I will have any conversation in the history of the universe, and if you're respectful, I will be respectful. If you come out of nowhere and start name calling or doing whatever, like if you call me names, I'm going to call you names. If you're going to start screaming and swearing, I'll start screaming and swearing. I probably won't swear, but I'm, I'm just going to give it right back to you. And, and it's with the intention of I will, I will absolutely, it's not eye for an eye, right? You cut off my finger, I cut off your arm. It's that kind of thing. But I think he got, kind of got caught up in all that. I think he kind of lost his way a little bit. Like, I think, he, again, he got taken aback. He didn't expect that reaction from Packers fans. And then he dug his heels in even more and put a little meme on twitter that was like so long packer fans it's been fun as in like f you bye i don't need you so now it's like okay i guess that's how it's gonna be but then he comes out with this video this is uh earlier today i guess says i got crushed by packer fans this week now i want to play this and i want to play the follow-up video also because here's here's ultimately my biggest issue with all this one of the smartest things and i'm going to butcher how this is said let me ask my robot maybe i don't know if there's an official saying or if this is just something somebody said that i'm going to get wrong so i found a full quote this is absolutely fantastic because i've been trying to more eloquently say this exact point for a long time this is from john stuart mill's book on liberty the full quote here is he who only knows his own side of the case knows little of that 
he, his reasons may be good and no one may be able to refute them, but if he is equally unable to refute the reasons on the opposite side, if he does not so much as know what they are, he has no ground in preferring either opinion. This is what I've been trying to say for a very long time. In fact, this is exactly what I commented on Pat McAfee's show when he, he said, um, when I talked about how he's always talking about leverage, and he describes the situation the Packers are in, and it's like, okay, now describe the situation the Jets are in. This is what, by the way, most people do when they try to attack Brian Gutekunst. They are so focused on only one thing. For example, I just talked to somebody on, on Twitter just a minute ago. He said he was frustrated with Brian Gutekunst because the Lions got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for $8 million. Are we really saying that Gutekunst couldn't have done that? What's wrong with that way of thinking? What's wrong with it is it's only based on his current understanding of things. And the current understanding is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is an elite safety. The price was $8 million. Gutekunst didn't do it. Therefore, Gutekunst is an idiot. It's so linear, but it's like, it's like a straight hallway with walls on the sides, right? It's, I can only see down this one path of thinking, and I cannot see anything else. It's so linear. Each point that connects. And again, like you said, you can't necessarily refute that line of thinking. It's, it's logically sound, but the problem is we, we, we are assuming that all these things are correct. Number one, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is elite. Is that true? Or are we just assuming that? A lot hinges on that. Here's a question. 32 teams in the NFL, zero were willing to pay more than $8 million, including the Lions, including the Eagles, who's the team he was on. All right, so if we're actually trying to be honest and really try to think these things through and try to think about this side, that side, or the other side, that's the only way we're actually going to get anywhere. But if you ever engage with people on, on social media, I'm telling you, 99% of, the, of, of people on there are this way. They only know their side of things, and they're completely locked in, and they cannot see anything else. I asked the robot, a different robot about it, came up with this quote, which is different, but it's, it's also good. It says, most people do not listen with the intent to understand, they listen with the intent to reply. That's 100% of people on Twitter, and probably myself included. But, you know, you think about, uh, just, just an honest question, do we actually want to understand things? Because we should. The, the only problem with actually understanding and actually learning is you have to accept the fact that you don't know. Because if you already know, you don't need to know. Right? There's nothing to learn if you're not willing to accept the fact that you don't know everything. That you could potentially be wrong about this issue. You think about the, the Rogers and Gutekunst thing, or the Rogers and the Packers thing, or however you want to phrase that. We have our beliefs based on limited information. Are we willing to be brave enough to accept that maybe I don't have all the information. Maybe if I had new information, if I recalculated, I would, I would kind of fall on the other side of this. Yes or no? Not an easy thing to do, because pride is a heck of a drug, man. Pride's a big deal, especially when we've got a digital footprint now, and I think that's another big part of this. People love pulling receipts, and if all of a sudden you start, you know, if I were to start saying, you know what, I think I was wrong, Rogers, uh, I think Rogers should actually come back another year. We, we might be in trouble here without that. Something to that effect. How long would it be before someone jumps in my comments with a picture of things I've said and said, this you? You know what I mean? But at the same time, how much courage and bravery does it actually take to be able to mentally and emotionally withstand that? It's not much, man. We're not fighting in freaking Vietnam here. Let's try to be brave enough to accept the fact that maybe we're wrong so that we can actually take in as much information as possible and constantly be recalculating and then be willing to say if at any point the calculation goes from this side to that side to say you know what 
This is an ever-fluid situation. I don't have all the information. I'm never going to have all the information. But based on the current information, I'm currently changing my mind and I'm falling on this side. And I'm going into this big whole thing because that's so far from what we're getting from Pat McAfee and the other guy who's a Packer fan on the Pat McAfee show. And it's frustrating because, again, I respect what he's, what he's kind of trying to do, but it's just wildly dishonest to me. Anyways, with that backdrop, and again, with the major point here is you need to properly understand the other side's opinion. And my frustration, and I'm sure people on the other side are frustrated also with their view of things constantly being distorted. Everybody on every side of every issue gets annoyed with that. But I just want that to be clear, because as we get into this, I feel like there is a constant, constant, constant theme that keeps coming up. And it's being phrased in a way to try to win the argument rather than actually honestly portraying what it is I believe and why I believe it and trying to engage with that viewpoint. And the absolute refusal to actually engage with what I'm trying to say leads me to believe either you completely lack any form of comprehension or you're doing this just to try to score points. Again, this is, this is a basic straw man, right? It's the most basic and boring way to make yourself look like an idiot. Make up an argument and then win the argument. Okay, well, congratulations, but that isn't my stance, and that's not correct. But anyways, congrats on, on freaking obliterating that argument. You're a super genius, man. Well done. So let's get into this. And again, I want to do this because I want to make sure we're properly phrasing and understanding things. Because if he's going to go off the rails and start saying it, and then people are like, oh yeah, this is, this is what they're saying, and this is how it... No, 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 no. Bring it in. Let's, let's get this right. This one about the Packers burying me... It's interesting. A lot of warranted yeah, stuff. a little different. <laughs> I mean, like, a lot of things they were saying about me, I, like, I read and I was like... I mean, that's pretty valid. You know wow. what I mean? The way they went about saying their messaging was obviously a little bit artistic. Like, the whole gargle... Yeah, we don't need to hear that whole part. Anyways, continuing. Like, that type of thing, I understand what you're saying. Like, I am overly protecting Aaron Rodgers What is what these people are saying in their own words. Mm -hmm. They were saying a lot of mean stuff to me, though. Like, a lot of mean stuff. Time will be able to tell all these answers. Exactly. Everything that I said in that interview with Rappaport. So here's my biggest issue with this little diatribe. He's saying that in time we'll find out. Because his whole thing is the Jets GM is a genius and Brian Gutekunst is an idiot. That's incorrect. We won't find out in the future. We don't need to wait for the future. Your comment is, we already know the Jets GM is a genius, and we don't know that about Brian Gutekunst. He has not proved that. These are comments that are made based on previous historical information. We don't need to wait for the future to find out. We'll get more information, and we can change our opinions moving forward, but you're saying that based on information we already have. And you got called a dum-dum, moron idiot uh jock thing i don't know there's a lot of what the heck was he called there's some creative names out there i don't know tool i saw tool a lot which i think fits the uh the jock thing i don't know it just kind of goes hand in hand with sort of the whole meathead but not very smart thing but he got called that based on look you said this and here's why you're wrong so you don't get to say well i guess listen we'll see we'll see. no 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 we're not running away from this you saying that the Jets are great drafters is a statement based on history. And you got it wrong, my friend. And by the way, and I don't know for sure that he's referring to Clayton here, but I kind of think he is. Because Clayton posted a little clip of it, and it was like, I think his, comp, his, his caption was something like, 
this is an interesting conversation. And I think that's the thing that blew up. Now, maybe other people did this. He's referring to other people, but I think he's talking about Clayton here. About the whole situation that was ripped and stolen from us. Yep. By the way, him getting so sensitive about it, it was stolen. People steal our stuff. People keep stealing our stuff and making money. Out. Like, what are you talking? Who's doing this? Who's, who's ripping off your stuff and making money off of it? And I promise you, if they're talking about Clayton, he didn't make a penny. How do you even monetize a video of somebody? It's on his blog. He doesn't have a blog. I have no idea what you're talking about. If you're talking about me playing your audio and making money, yeah, I am doing that 100%. Isn't that what you do? Do you not do that as well? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't do that. Maybe he doesn't play people's audio or talk about what other things do. I, I guess that makes me a bad person. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, it's just weird. He gets so sensitive about it. He keeps talking about it. I, I didn't know that that was like a big thing. Put up on a Packers blogger's Twitter account, like five, six minutes of it, whatever. Mm -hmm. Just ripped it as their own video. And then the narrative... Ripped it as their own video. Did, did, <laughs> I'm just going to speak as though it's Clayton. Do, do you think Clayton believed, like, hey, people are going to think I did this? What do you mean ripped it as though it was his video? What does that even mean? I have no idea what that means. He shared a clip of you and then said, watch this. It's interesting. What, what are you getting so freaking sensitive about, princess? If around it was like, this is interesting, you know, knew exactly what, just like... Yeah, very similar. Just, that, and by the way, that's exactly what his caption was. This is an interesting conversation. It just, just, he knew exactly what they were doing. As soon as I saw it, I knew exactly what they were doing. By the way, Clayton, massive Pat McAfee fan. And as far as this whole thing goes, he falls on the Pat McAfee side. So he's wrong. Again, like every single issue, he's wrong. He saw it and he's like, oh, I know he's doing this to try to trash me. He's nope. Nope. That's not what he was doing at all. Clayton posted it in support of Pat McAfee. He posted it to say, hey, look, here are some valid... Because, by the way, the entire conversation was about everything you wanted it to be about. It was your conversation. So he's obviously saying, hey, listen to these points that are being made in defense of this position. That's why he did it. So Pat McAfee is like 0 for 17 here. The guy has not hit... A single freaking... He hasn't got a base hit in a week, dude. It's brutal. But, like, you know what, Cool. We're very lucky and thankful that everybody talks about our show. So you're just stealing our shit, putting it up, and then... Stealing our stuff. My God. It's such a weird thing to be sensitive. Like, do you not know how social media works, dude? This is what everybody does. Have you ever seen, like, the gifts that get posted? Do you know how many office gifts get posted? Can you imagine if Matt Corral... Steve Carell, not Matt Carell. Who's Matt Carell? Oh, that's my quarterback guy. Steve Carell. Listen, don't freaking worry about it, all right? I get confused. I have a mental disorder. Probably it hasn't been diagnosed yet, but I'm working on it. Not really. Could you imagine if Steve Carell came out and just threw a hissy fit? People are stealing our stuff. I keep seeing my face. They're stealing it. They're making money, and I'm not... <laughs> the guy's making like $60 billion a minute. And he's pissed that Clayton shared a clip of him in support of him, thinking that somehow he's going to go make millions by pretending that's his own video. Like, what freaking weird universe are you living in? Telling people to bury me. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. I mean, I'm not going to call it 0 for 18 because you're just saying the same thing, but you're still wrong. He did not tell anybody to bury you. That was entirely in support 
of you. The fact of the matter is, though, what you really don't like, you're not mad at Clay. I mean, you are mad at Clayton because you're just misdirecting all your anger. What you're mad about is the fact that it didn't turn out like you thought it was going to turn out. You thought Packer fans were going to have your back on this. And you came to find out, and Clayton maybe came to find out a little bit, that the vast majority of Packer fans do not agree. Not even a little bit. Didn't like the content. Not a fan. Didn't buy the arguments. Not buying the t-shirt. It's certainly something that some places might... For me, I, I actually like kind of... I enjoyed the feedback that I was getting. No, you didn't. You've been pissing and moaning about it for the last, what has it been, a minute and 21 seconds? I enjoyed the feedback. Okay, then what are you pissing and moaning about? I enjoyed what was being said, just strictly because I... I said I was going to be nice and I'm failing, but this isn't even what I would necessarily want to talk. It's just just annoying because he's so wrong. He's so wrong about this. At one point, I did say he wasn't a smart human, but it was in the middle of being a smart general manager conversation with Ian Rappaport, and I clarified that after the clip that was ripped, stolen, yes. posted, as if it was theirs. They get all the numbers for. They are a blog. Right. They probably will try to monetize off of that. Wow. Nope, 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 and nope. <laughs> wrong, 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 and wrong. Good Lord. Oh, and you didn't clarify anything. You you later said, I'm sure he's a smart human. He's an NFL GM. Okay, that doesn't clarify anything. That doesn't change anything you said. That mm-hmm. and going forward, do their whole thing, right? So once I, afterwards, I did say, I said he wasn't smart. By the way, Clayton, if you're listening, um, apparently we're stupid because we should be able to take stuff like that. How many, how many views did you even get on that? I kind of... I forgot about it after a while and i thought it was just like everybody was talking about it i didn't know that whole conversation spurred because of you but apparently we're idiots dude because we should be making money off that kind of stuff oh did you delete it i can't find it now anyways however many views you got apparently you're an idiot because you should have made like thousands off of that i have no i don't know i don't know how that works i'm an idiot too i apparently you just get a bunch of views and then you just make a bunch of money i guess i guess that's how it works for pat mcafee i don't know but anyways, this is the main part of this part of the video. Blog post on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, this is a results-oriented business, bro. Yes, it is. And according to the results, Gutekunst is wiping the freaking floor with the Jets GM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, th- everything is going to be figured out. And I might be completely wrong. No, you're already wrong. That's the point. That's where everybody got mad at you. Nobody's mad at you because you said, I believe at the end of their careers, Brian Gutekunst will have a better career than Joe Douglas. You never said that, and nobody got mad at you for saying that, probably because you never said that. You said he's an idiot right now based on everything he's done. And by the way, when you were getting into it with Packer fans, and by the funniest part about that whole thing with Pat McAfee, and then we'll move on to the next video, the funniest part about that was when he he got in somebody's face about Aaron Rodgers' contract, basically saying Brian Gutekunst is an idiot for giving Rodgers this contract. What's hilarious about that is, first of all, I thought you were Rodgers' buddy, <laughs> and now you're saying it's a garbage contract. But number two, you are the main cheerleader of the, this is not $50 million a year, this is a team-friendly contract because Rodgers told me so. You were that guy. Now all of a sudden you're like, look at how big this contract is. You guys are screwed because of it. (laughs) That's your big slam. But again, his whole thing is he went down the line arguing with people about why Brian Gutekunst is an idiot 
right now based on things he did in the past. And now he's basically lying or trying to reframe the entire argument as, I don't know, man, maybe I'm wrong, but we'll find out. No, 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 no. There's nothing to find out. The results are already in, my friend. The future is different. If you want to ask a different question, who's going to have a better uh, draft this year? You know, it's down to it. You know, we'll see. And by the way, much more comparable because you're talking about, assuming we don't take their pick, picks 13 and 15, right? They do go before us. So you could, well, we would have had that pick, whatever. But we're not talking about you get pick four and we get pick 24 and trying to compare those apples and oranges, which is what some people are doing. They're like, oh, look at these two picks compared to the Packers picks. No, no, no. If you want to compare apples to apples, you look at what they did when they pick in the 20s and what we do when we pick in the 20s. You try to find picks that are close and then you compare those. If you're trying to compare Goot in the back of the fourth or back of the first with Joe Douglas picking Sauce Gardner at pick four, I think it was, that's a little unfair. But then how about what did they do in the second round compared to us? What about the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, the sixth round, the seventh round? You want to go tit for tat on that? You really think he can hold up? I don't think it's going to work out very well because his drafting has not been very good outside of the, t- the picks inside of the top 10. And all this garbage hype about somebody was getting on me about, well, what about their running backs? He's done a great job with their running backs. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I laid it out. I'm like, here's, here's what it is via PFF. Um, in order of best to worst running backs, and it was like Aaron Jones, second best running back. A.J. Dillon, fifth rest, but best running back. And then it's like Brees Hall, 37th best running back. And then it's all down from there. It was two Packer guys in the top five. And then there was none, I think, inside the top 32 for the Jets, all the way down to out of like 64. One of them was like 62nd or something to that effect. But it was two Packer guys and then four Jets running backs. And that was all the Packers and Jets running backs in terms of like actually playing a significant amount. So there's a ton of hype for these guys. But I don't know that there's a lot of actual uh, precedent for believing that they're really good football players outside of just hype, right? Again, Brees Hall, everybody loves Brees Hall. And it maybe the way he runs or he's a highlight guy or whatever. And maybe you'll have a great career down the road. I don't know. But there's nothing that comes close to comparing him to even A.J. Dillon, which is hilarious because I guarantee you, you go to Pat McAfee and say, A.J. Dillon, Brees Hall, who is, oh, dude, Brees all day long. Most people would, and they would be wrong. That's the other problem with like this whole Brian Gutekunst thing is, Everybody undervalues everything he's done. And largely it's because of Rod. No, Rodgers did everything, right? AJ Dillon's a garbage pick and like Elton just everybody forgot about. Like he doesn't even exist. It's just it's just weird. Like you understand that we got Zadarius for $17 million a year and he was the best pass rusher in the entire NFL, right? Do you understand how staggeringly amazing that is? I mean, we drafted Rashawn Gary, he was one of the top pass rushers in football. Nobody cares. Jair was literally the best corner in football. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to talk about it. Like, who else did that? Did the did the did the Chiefs GM do that? Who's the elite pass rusher that they drafted? Oh, they don't have one? What about corner? Oh, they don't have one? You can't say quarterback, because that GM's gone. Talking about their GM now. No quarterback. They drafted Bry- uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's not very good. They don't have any good wide receivers that they've drafted. In fact, they just lost one. So retention is a problem, which Gutekunst does not struggle with that problem. He's retained everybody as well, on top of adding in the draft and especially free agency. What have the Chiefs done? Anybody? Crickets? Hello? You want to talk about a team that's propped up by a quarterback. It's a quarterback and a coach that are just running everything. The GM, doesn't, the GM hasn't done a freaking thing, but he's hailed as a genius. Everybody's got it completely backwards. 
Brian Gutekunst has done great for this team. He brought a team with a losing record to a team with 13 wins in one year. And it's like, oh, Rodgers did that. Rodgers was the quarterback in 18! God! Anyways, spending too much time on this. Let's get to the other part, because this is the other part that kind of annoyed me even more. And this is, oh, his, his name is Ty Schmidt. That's who it is. So Ty Schmidt is is trying to, because again, my, my whole thing is Pat's like, I think he got blindsided. He didn't realize Packer fans were going to get mad about this. He thought Packer fans all just hated Gutekunst, because he only has this point of reference, where Ty's like, oh, that GM's an idiot. And, um... You know, he talks to Michael Lombardi, and Michael Lombardi's like, oh, those guys are a bunch of idiots over there. And he talks to Aaron Rodgers, and he's like, those guys don't know. They treat everybody wrong. They're awful. So he's like, I'm going to freaking, he's gonna, he's taking this opportunity to just freaking dunk. And he's expecting Packer fans to love it. And he got freaking blindsided. And so he's even talking to Ty Schmidt, and he's like, I, I didn't see this coming. And so, again, Ty tries to explain it to him, and he's just way off base. And he doesn't even let him know, like, Ty's in the minority here. He doesn't know that. He thinks there's like a vocal minority that actually likes the the team or whatever. Like, way off, dude. Way off. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. As a shareholder of the Green Bay Packers, you weren't here. You probably would have been, you know, at least correcting me a little bit on some of the shit that I said. So I did miss you on that aspect. Mm -hmm. And it was a day where you weren't here, which is a f***ing shame. I wish you would have been here to, you know, either correct me if I was wrong or say, hey, people are going to be pissed about you saying that so I could explain a little bit more. But nonetheless, I got murdered by your people. And I respect the 
about how passionate and loyal they are to the G, basically, to the Green Bay Packers regardless. And I felt it on the shins this weekend. Well, see, and by the way, this would be a great opportunity for Ty to be like, look, man, I kind of screwed you over here because I never told you that I'm actually in the minority and that's my bad. I don't even think Ty knows that. I think this is like the epitome of living in a bubble, like just not realizing the, the, not the opposite of having your pulse on the uh, on the nation here. Like uh, Tone was saying before the show, I think that there are like a handful of fan bases that for whatever reason, because this kind of like it really, I mean, before we're doing this show, you know, like you're on Twitter, but it's not to the same magnitude where you kind of get thrust into like, a, I don't want to say like a face of the fandom, but after draft night, you know, like a lot of people are either sympathizing with what I did and agree with me. And it's like, yeah, that's bullshit. They shouldn't have traded up to get Jordan Love. That was that was dumb. Or there are people who are defending the team at all costs, no matter what. There you go. That's the problem. Right there. Did you catch it? He's trying to paint what the two sides are. And again, unless you understand this rightly, you don't understand it at all. What are the two sides? There are some people that agree with me that they shouldn't have traded up for Jordan Love. And then the other side will defend the team at all costs. Which is to say, there are no rational people that actually disagree with me. That's what he's saying. There are people that agree with me, and there are people that just for whatever reason, they'll just defend the team no matter what, even if they do something stupid. Those are the only two options. There is no option where you can rationally believe that it's the right thing to do. That's the issue that I have. Refusing, under any circumstances, to acknowledge anything other than my view. He has no ability whatsoever to see any point of view other than his own. And I think that because the Packers have been around so long, you're going to have a lot of people who do that regardless. But I would say, and I'm... I'm again, he just did it again. He's, he's, he's trying to become the psychologist now, right? Or the psychiatrist or however that works. He's trying to get in the heads of people like me to understand, not if he's right or, or if there's possibly another option, but like, what is the psychology behind someone who would do this? And he's like, well, it's probably because the team's been around so long. So there's just this natural loyalty. He's trying to get deep in the, into the minds and into the souls of these people who are so irrational that they would actually disagree with me about something. I'm in this, this kind of, this same bucket. Like I've never as a Packers fan watched a bad quarterback play ever. And I think people are kind of you're in that like murky water where you're just you're just assuming Jordan Love's going to be a Hall of Famer. Which he did it again. He did it again. So now there's another thing. There's people like him who have never seen whatever. And 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 I'm 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 genuinely right. He's a rational person who's genuinely concerned. But he says there's other people who are like me who have only ever seen Hall of Famers, and so they just assume that he's going to be great. That's not, that's not the argument. Stop trying to explain my point of view wrongly so that it can just be painted very simply as I'm the rational one and everyone that disagrees with me is an idiot. People are assuming he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Not one person on planet Earth assumes just naturally like, oh yeah, of course, there's only ever been Hall of Famers here in my lifetime, so he must be. Nobody has ever said that. We hope. He could be. I hope he is, obviously, as a Packers fan. Like, that would be incredible. But there's a chance that that he's not, and that he's not very good. And that's kind of the beautiful, or, yeah, or that he's somewhere in between. Or, or the team around him. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. that's yes. And everybody understands that. And even the people that disagree with you, 
believe it or not, fully understand that and are okay with that and have embraced that and are ready to move on and to just find out what's going to happen. But of course, we can't phrase it that way because the people that disagree with me can't be normal, rational, thinking human beings. Like, who knows if, like, the team around him now, Guti, is completely built pretty much. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. So, like, wait, wait, wait. How is that possible? The team was good, but he built it? Oh, that's right. It's because it's only Rodgers. Is that. Is that what we're saying, or I'm just confused with the the logic here? We're going to find and, out. And that's the beautiful thing about sports is, like, this isn't, like, a subjective argument. Like, there is an answer to this. Like, the bill will come due to this, and either you're going to be right or Packers fans are going to be right. Like, Yeah, so, again, the bill's not going to come due. The bill's already due. If you want to start a separate discussion about what's going to happen, and here's the thing, it's not like you're going to, quote-unquote, win the argument. Because if you were to have a conversation with me, for example, I can't speak for everybody else, but me as the sort of I'm ready to move on person, and you come to me and say, okay, let's put, a, let's put money on it right now. I say Jordan Love isn't going to be a Hall of Famer. You say he is. You want to put 50 bucks on it. You know what my answer is going to be? I didn't say he would be. You made that up. I never said that. The complete inability for anybody to even try to understand what I'm saying is so unbelievably obnoxious. And then to proudly go on social media or everything else and have try to have arguments when you're so ignorant that you don't even understand. How can you trust your own opinion to be correct when you have no possible, no even inkling or slight understanding of what other people think? I don't care what your if we're talking about theology, politics, sports. If you take a firm stance on something and have no understanding of any other point of view other than the stance that you have, you're an idiot. Because your entire life is based on hopefully just being lucky or believing that you are just so in a bubble, just brilliant, that I don't need more information. Right? Again, like the example I gave with, with the score. Packers are playing the Bears. Packers scored 21. Who won the game? Packers. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. What did the Bears score? I don't need to know. Packers won. No, you need the other bit of information. You have to be able to get all of it so that you can take it in. And then with all the right, with all the information, right, there's a debate happening. You listen to one side of the debate and go, that was convincing. That's what I believe. You didn't even listen to the other side. Are you sure? You want to wait? You want to think about it? No? Okay. I guess flip a coin. Those are the odds that you're actually correct. But let me just remind everybody for the thousandth time. And again, I speak for myself, but I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Wanting the direction that we're on, wanting to move on from Rodgers and move on to Jordan Love, is not about the belief that Aaron Rodgers cannot play anymore. Although I think it's ridiculous the amount of people on the, let's say, other side who feel that we should just assume that he will be an elite football player despite last year. But I would certainly say it's possible that he can get, be, get back to MVP form. If you can't reconcile the fact that I think it's possible and I still want to move on, it's because you don't understand my point of view. I do not think it's a certainty that Jordan Love will even be good at football, much less an elite quarterback. Again, if you can't reconcile that, you're not understanding. This isn't because I think Jordan Love will be a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, although, again, way more probable or possible than I think many people on the other side of the debate want to admit, largely based on completely ignoring, again, 2022. Those are the things that do not represent 
my point of view. Here are a couple points that do represent my point of view. Number one, Aaron Rodgers cannot be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers forever. Most arguments that I've heard on the other side seem to completely ignore this fact. All we hear are these platitudes about he's the greatest of all time, how dare you, blah, 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 blah. That's irrelevant. We have to acknowledge reality. There will be a time at which either he's going to leave on his own accord, or we need to make that decision for him. But that time will come. This constant panic about, you don't know how bad it's going to be, you don't understand, you weren't there, I was alive in the 70s, you don't know. All irrelevant. All of it. Because that time is coming, whether or not you saw it, witnessed it, appreciate it, love Rogers, hate Rogers, it doesn't matter. The time to cut the cord and be brave enough to venture out into the world, sans Rogers, has to happen at some point. Number two, we are paying Rogers way too much money. And although we can tolerate the salary cap hit this year, it's not a horrible number. That isn't the issue. The issue is, if he plays this year and retires next year, the salary cap hit will be $68.205 million. That is impossible to manage. Now, you could probably rightly point out that that cap hit is going to be spread out. And you're right, but you can only do over two years if you do a post-June 1 retirement designation, assuming that's even a thing. And considering how, you know much the Rodgers people who want to tell me that the Packers have no leverage. They love telling me that Rodgers would love to screw the team. If he wanted to screw the team, maybe he wouldn't do that, and then we're stuck with $68 million. Do we really want to go down that road? And if you don't think that that's the point, then fine. Then let's just pretend that it will get spread over two years. Do you understand what $68 million divided by two is? We have to pay, first of all, Jordan Love, and a fifth-year option is not cheap next year. Fifth-year option is going to be relatively expensive. So on top of the fifth-year option, we're going to have to pay 68 divided by 2. I don't know if it's going to be an even number, but let's just pretend it is. 34. That's more than we're paying Rodgers now, I believe. $34 million for him to not be here. And then in 2025, we have to do it again. So we have to pay $30 million plus 34 plus 34. What is that? 30, 60, 90, about $100 million for one more year of Rodgers. That's what you want to do. You want to pay $100 million for one more year of 2022. I don't. That would better encapsulate my argument. Another point. Rodgers wanted to retire. This hemming and hawing about us pushing him out the door is not accurate. He told us with his own mouth, 90% he wanted to retire. Why? Again, his own words, he didn't want to do this crap anymore. Now, when you couple that with the fact that he's been contemplating retirement for a long time, spends months contemplating retirement, and doesn't show up to things like OTAs, it's quite obvious that he doesn't necessarily enjoy this anymore. I don't like that. I think that's detrimental to a football team. I think that's detrimental to a football player who wants to be great. I think we saw that in 2022, and I don't want to do that again. Here's another point. Jordan Love. Again, let me reiterate, I don't know how good he's going to be. But, as I've said before, despite all the claims that he wasn't even a first-round prospect, he was. He was a borderline top 10 prospect, according to some of the best minds in the NFL draft. He fell to the Packers, and the Packers traded up and got him. 
he was being given given comps again i've said this a thousand times by mike mayock and daniel jeremiah to patrick mahomes the only caveat was he's a bit of a project and will need some time to sit in the right system behind the right people with the right coach for the right amount of time he has spent three years with a great quarterback coach as his head coach two different quarterback coaches both highly esteemed whether or not they're actually good i don't know but you tell me i mean they're handpicked by rogers do you want to trash them or no it's up to you i don't know and also spent three years behind learning from aaron Rodgers himself furthermore despite the fact that things looked a bit rocky in the first two years in year three, which is the year, according to Rodgers, according to LaFleur, and according to just about everybody else, year three is the year that you so- suddenly begin to understand. You genuinely begin to feel comfortable in what you're doing. You play more free and fluidly, having a full and complete understanding of what you're doing. And in year three, what did we see? We saw a very, very clear jump, as mentioned by everybody. Furthermore, the team seems to really want to pivot, and I'm sure a lot of these other factors play into it. But the fact that the team seems to genuinely believe in Jordan Love enough to say, no, we're moving on, is another signal that perhaps the man is ready. If we do not move on to Jordan Love, that $100 million so that Rodgers can play one more year would very likely mean we will never see Jordan Love. And very likely he will go on and take all of that talent and all of that ability that he learned from Matt LaFleur and from Aaron Rodgers and will take that to another team. That's a heck of a gamble. I would much rather... This is just me speaking. Again, this is my actual position. I would much rather take this year and perhaps next year because we're going to exercise that fifth year option. I have, I mean, maybe we won't, but I don't know why we wouldn't. Perhaps because we're going to try this year and and possibly move on. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But we have this year and very possibly next year to find out if we actually like this guy. I just want to find out if we actually like him. At the very least, let's take one year. And if we don't, it doesn't matter because number one, we need to move on from Rodgers anyways. And number two, if he's not the guy, we got to find the guy. The bottom line, listen, we got to find the guy anyway. We have to move on. Remove Jordan Love from the equation. We have to move on from Rodgers. Second point, we have to find the quarterback. Third point, there's actually a much higher than zero chance that he's already on our roster, which is a heck of a start for, for considering most teams lose their quarterback and have to start from zero. We have a guy that's been sitting here for three years learning our system and learning from Aaron Rodgers. That's a heck of a head start for us. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That is my position. I don't want to say in its totality because I'm sure I missed a couple points. Oh, the uh, yeah, we, we also get some compensation from Rodgers on the way out, which is a nice little bonus. A little cherry on top, I suppose. Dude, I want a milkshake, bro. I've never, like, craved ice cream before but i i just i thought about the cherry on top and it's like ooh, i've only had like a banana split i think once in my life and i kind of want a banana split you know i've I've been kind of on a uh super random right now on a like i want to make high quality food kick and i'm i'm quite proud of it i've made some pretty decent stuff considering you know everything is my first time something i didn't consider high quality desserts and on top of that freaking ice cream dude how hard could it be to make a banana split you get a little dish ice cream ice cream ice cream some bananas whatever Making shakes and malts and stuff? Dang. Because, you know, there is a big difference between, like, just a regular shake and, like, you go to a place. What is that place down in Illinois? Illinois isn't really renowned for its ice cream. That's a little bit more of a Wisconsin thing with the custard. But the heck is that Illinois ice cream company? Dude, I didn't know Dairy Queen was an Illinois place. 
That's crazy. I'm, I'm thinking of Oberweiss. So there was a place, I think it's in Bartlett, used to go as an Oberweiss store. And they, you know, they sell ice cream or whatever, but you could also get, dude, they got these chocolate milkshakes. Oberweiss chocolate milkshakes are freaking amazing. So no, a milkshake isn't just a milkshake, bro. Anyways, sorry. Cherry on top. Moving on. And look, if you disagree with, with the points I've made, certain points, or, or you acknowledge every single thing I've said to be true, which I can't imagine a single thing. I, I don't think there was anything I said that was even really debatable, right? I mean, the, the quality of his play this year. But uh, let, me, let me further elaborate. If you told me Jordan Love was not going to be a good quarterback, and you told me Aaron Rodgers would win MVP this year, I would not change my stance. I would still want him traded. I would hope that we could communicate that to the Jets and get a bunch of picks. I would not change my stance. Because I'm not paying $100 million for another year of, of an MVP, MVP, MVP quarterback on a roster that's not even as good as it was the last two times he won MVP, and we couldn't do anything with it. Because allow me to elaborate more. I, I'm, I think we need to move on from Rodgers in general. I think that there is also some locker room implications. I think that there is a certain way that the locker room is constructed, and it's Aaron Rodgers' way. I think we've tried it. I think it's played out. I don't think it's worked. I think there are different ways that things can be done, and I think it's time for new leaders to emerge. And I'd just like to see where that heads. I'd like to see what direction that is. Furthermore, I'd like to see what Matt LaFleur can do in a system that is entirely run by Matt LaFleur, as opposed to Matt LaFleur as approved by Aaron Rodgers, plus whatever Aaron Rodgers decides is going to be added or subtracted. Maybe I'm completely making that up, but I don't think so. The point is, we've seen this play out many times, and it hasn't worked, and I don't need to see it again. And yes, again, I, I do love winning and all that stuff. Like I've said before, it's not just about Super Bowls. I get all that. But we are just talking about one more year, and then it's very likely we are headed for a dark era because Jordan Love will be gone, Aaron Rodgers will be gone, and we, have, we will have no money for the next two years. I'll take my chances. To elaborate on that point about a change of leadership, a change in the locker room, those kinds of things. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, I've been talking about, and, and again, my, my whole point was, listen, I, I don't know how things work, and I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and maybe these things are happening. I don't really know. But I've heard some things about, like, Drew Brees, and I've heard some things about Pat Mahomes, and I, I remember distinctly, there was a, it was like a YouTube thing or something I saw about Russell Wilson where he brought his guys out to Washington, California, wherever it was, he brought his wide receivers out, and they'd work out together. And I, and I just thought, why doesn't Aaron Rodgers do that? And I'm, I'm speaking from a place of ignorance. I don't know how these things work. I don't know what the rules are. I don't really know. Maybe Rodgers has tried, and the guys are like, F you, I'm going out to a party or whatever. I doubt it, but maybe. maybe. Maybe these things happen, and I just haven't heard about it. I don't know, but if I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I'm a multi-bajillionaire, I'm paying for private jets to pick up every single one of my receivers, including the guys further down the depth chart. I'm, they're picking up the tight ends. They're picking up the running backs. They're coming out. Like, we're, we're going on a vacation. We're going to make it fun. We're going to Florida, and we're going to train like eight hours a day. There's going to be workouts. There's going to be drills. Like, I, I'd bring freaking Jair out. We get the D. I'll get the whole damn team out there. Everybody that wants to come, I will charter you a plane. And you will be in Florida. We're going to be on the beach. We're going to be putting in eight-hour days. We're going to be lifting. We're going to be training. We're going to be doing all this stuff together. But you know what? We're going to be throwing. We're going to be working on timing. We're going to be doing all that stuff. And you never hear anything about any of that. Nothing. Not even, you know, Rodgers and Devontae or Rodgers and Lazard or anything like that. Nothing. 
He's just off doing his own thing. Everybody's doing their own thing. And, and again, I just can't reconcile it because in my mind, do you want to be the greatest or not? Because we keep hearing about how badly you want the Super Bowl, but yet, are you putting in even an ounce of extra effort? Because as far as I can tell, your goal is to put in the least amount of effort possible. Rather than every opportunity I have to, to, to go above and beyond, I'm going to do that. Right? I mean, d don't even pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about. Every one of these motivational videos you've ever seen in your life, you know, these guys going above and beyond, and I was just watching a video of Branch Warren, right? The guy's an absolute freaking psychopath bodybuilder, and they, they talked about this one clip where um, he works out down in this famous place in Texas, and there's a well-known trainer down there, and he said there was one day that um, they're working out, he's training them, and, and he checks the weather radar, and there's a tornado bearing right down toward the facility. And he's like, look, man, uh, you want to keep training or you want to get out of here? And Branch Warren looked at him and said, you do whatever you want. I'm staying here and training. You know what I mean? Like, he, literally, he put his life on the line. That's, that, let's be honest, that's kind of stupid. But he's a freaking psychopath, and the only thing in his life that matters is being the greatest. I will win Mr. Olympia because everybody else, on it's, it's because everybody else is going to flee this facility. I'm not, and that's how I'm going to end up on top. And Aaron Rodgers won't even go to the facility for OTAs for like a, a, a one-hour throw around, you know, throwing a football for an hour around with your, with your buddies, or supposed, for, with the rookies and, and guys that you don't know yet, you haven't bonded with, you, you haven't been working on timing with, none of that stuff. I mean, and there's, there's a billion, a billion different, you know, look at, look at Lance Armstrong. You know, talk about the drugs all you want. Look at what that guy, we're talking four hours of sleep training the the hours the guy puts in every single day there's no off season for these guys there's no off season what is rogers doing to to try to make this team the best like you're the leader of the team how are you going to make sure when we come back around we're, we're going to get an how do you get an edge on the bears are we just relying on gutekunst to do everything for us like i'm just going to sit here and scratch my butt and just expect good like i'm just going to do nothing and be fat and lazy and stupid and go play football. And if we lose, I'm just going to look at Goot and go, if you had gotten us one more receiver, maybe we could have... Or maybe if you had put in even the tiniest bit of effort at any point ever. Like, I know you got your private workout regimen, which is, of course, your regimen based on your beliefs of your body and everything else and and you know whatever god knows who your specialists are right i mean let's be completely honest. i don't care what your beliefs are but suddenly when you start throwing away all the trainers because i got my own like medicine doctor who's telling me how to take care of my body it makes sense that he showed up and the packers are a little pissed off about the state of his body i'm just saying anyways all that said Aaron Rodgers isn't even off the team yet. Technically, Aaron Rodgers is still QB1. Joe Arigo, Arigo? Who is Joe Arigo? Co-founder and vice president, Franchise Sports Media, covering all Las Vegas sports, spreader of love and positive vibes. That's who he is. Anyways, he tweeted out, Packers fans, Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs are going to join Jordan Love and Cali to work out and start to try to get their timing down according to armed, dangerous quarterbacks. Which means what? 
Which means Jordan Love, in his first act as the leader of this team, got in contact with wide receiver one, wide receiver two. And by the way, if, if, if Aaron Jones is going out there, I promise you he contacted a lot more people than this. It doesn't make any sense to say he talked to Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Aaron Jones, and that's it. 1,000% he talked to A.J. Dillon. 1,000% he talked to Samori Ture. 1,000% he talked to Josiah DeGuar. Well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, just, I mean, Josiah. Yeah, for sure. Josiah. These are just the guys that said okay, which makes sense. Because Romeo Dobbs is the guy that was doing what? When everybody else walked off, he grabbed a guy from the training staff and said, Hey, can you do me a favor? I need you to feed balls to this machine so I can stay after and work. And Aaron Jones is Aaron freaking Jones. This is the attitude I want to start taking over Green Bay. Because here's the thing. As much as people love to piss and moan about Gutekunst, talent on the roster has never been the issue. The issue with our team, even going back to the Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy days, it wasn't necessarily, although it started to get pretty bad, it wasn't necessarily a lack of talent. It was a lack of we, we, we were never able to get as, as much out of our guys as other teams did. I've always used the Lions as an example. That's a team that gets 100% out of their guys. The Packers had a better roster than the Lions. I don't think they had a better team, though, in 2022. I think the Lions did. I mean, they swept us. Not even super debatable, is it? I want to stop worrying so much. And, and don't get me wrong, I want Gutekunst to continue to... I mean, he needs to hit in the draft. He needs to hit in free agency and all that. But I'm getting sick and freaking tired of all the damn excuses. Again, the Kansas City Chiefs lose Tyreek Hill and win the Super Bowl. Where's their excuses? They didn't replace it. Well, Juju Smith-Schuster, give me a break, freaking TikTok boy. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, that's a joke. He was on our team. He was the guy you were pissing and moaning about. We couldn't win with him as our number three. They did. That's the whole point, right? Oh, yeah, Lazard and MVS. <laughs> Nobody can win with that. Chiefs did. The Chiefs did. Yeah, they have Travis Kelsey. Right, and we had Devontae. They got one guy, Travis Kelsey. We had Devontae. They had Travis Kelsey, Juju, and MVS. We had Devontae, Lazard, and MVS. And you know what? They got it done. And by the way, we had a better defense than the Chiefs. Chiefs have never had like an elite defense. They've had a defense that's shown up in critical points, but that's kind of the point, isn't it? I've said for years, they have no superstars on that defense. With the exception of maybe one or two guys. I mean, Chris Jones is a stud. At any given point over the years, they've had one or two guys. But they freaking show up. And look, again, maybe this is on Matt LaFleur. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to sit here and complain about Brian Gutekunst. Because the roster's freaking loaded. And if you don't believe that, it's because you're, again, you're, you're, you're that guy looking down a hallway with the walls. Just a straight hallway. Because you know what you're not seeing with those blinders on? Any of the other 31 teams. The Lions that swept us. You think they have a better roster than us? Give me a break. The roster isn't the problem. And yes, there's holes. And you know what? There's always going to be holes. There is never going to be a time, even going back to, to, to the championships, any of the championships, any championship team of any time. You go back to the 96 Packers might be the most complete Packer team that has ever been. Maybe, maybe the 60s. I don't know. But I promise you, it was not a perfect roster. There has never been a perfect roster. There will never be a perfect roster. Even if there was, you couldn't afford it. Nobody can afford a perfect roster. That's the point. You have to be able to manage. Everybody gets 
a pile of superstars, a pile of mediocre guys, a pile of kind of bad guys, and you got to be able to put that together. The superstars on the team, along with the coaches, at that point need to be able to figure out how to make this thing win. And by the way, when one of those superstars is a quarterback, you are, you're already at the top of the list. Everybody gets some superstars, but if your superstars are like a running back, a wide receiver, and maybe like a pass rusher, I mean, that's not bad, but I'm probably not betting on you. But if, you're, if, if one of your three superstars is a quarterback and a pass rusher and a left tackle or something, or in the case of the Packers, you've got uh, number one quarterback, number one wide receiver, number one left tackle, number one edge rusher, number one corner, like five of the most critical positions in football, and we were literally number one, and we got a freaking hear about how Gutekunst isn't doing his job. And then I get lectured by these same people about how I'm spoiled because somehow I, I, I because I want Rodgers gone, I'm spoiled, as if that makes any sense. Spoiled. Spoiled is looking at the Packers roster and saying Gutekunst has failed. That's spoiled. No, I'm ready for some guys to figure out how we can get uh, a better product on the field. I want to see better production. I want to see guys show up ready to play. Because, listen, again, maybe it's on Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur. That's entirely possible. But you know what else I'm tired of? I'm tired of hearing guys talk about how, you know, we get to the playoffs and we have imposter syndrome. We just feel like we don't belong. I'm tired of hearing about how the energy was low after a win. Aaron Rodgers goes to the podium like, you know, the energy was just low. Bull crap. I'm tired of it. The energy is low. That's inexcusable. That's inexcusable. You don't have the right to have low energy. If you can't get up for a game... You don't belong in the NFL, period. So it's time to separate the wheat from the chaff. And guys like Jordan Love, guys like Romeo Dobbs, guys like Christian Watson, guys like Aaron Jones, those are the guys like Rashawn Gary that I want to rise to the top. And guys, I'm sorry, like Aaron Rodgers, who don't want to put in the work, who don't want to go to OTAs, who don't want to go above and beyond, as talented as you are, you don't fit the mold of what we need going forward. We need guys that want to do more. We need guys that are saying, while he's sleeping, I'm working. That's the guy we need in Green Bay. I love Rodgers. I'm appreciative for what he's done, but I think it's time to hang it up. He doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have the passion. He doesn't have the fire. The only thing he has left is anger and bitterness. The only thing that gets him out of bed in the morning is, I hate the Packers and I'm going to show them. Great. You go do that, man. I appreciate it. Have fun over there. Uh, rage throwing footballs. Like He's he's throwing a 40-yard bomb to Garrett Wilson just screaming, Good God! Suck that one, Goot! Like, okay, dude. Freaking get therapy, man. Ready for something else. And I hope that's what Gutekunst wants, too. And Matt LaFleur. Find the guys that are putting in the work. Find the guys that are showing up early and leaving late. Find the guys that are going out on the field after practice and saying, no, 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 no. Hey, you. Which <laughs> is funny, by the way. A rookie pointing to a guy at the athletic training staff and being like, ah, nope, your job's not over. Get out of here. Feed this thing. I'm doing more work. I got work to do. Off-season. Watson. Uh, and, and again, this is, this is the great thing about young guys. They haven't made it yet. So they got that hunger, that hunger that I want to be great. This, this, is what, this is what's great about young guys. They still have that. Rodgers has already been great. right? He doesn't really have that much else to prove. He just wants to show up to the Super Bowl and punch his ticket. Like, can I just fast forward? Like, haven't I earned the right? And again, all this elitism stuff about how he doesn't like how people of that stature were treated and all that. Like, dude, just, you got to go away, man. I'm just, I'm just tired of it. I'm ready for young guys to take over this team. And, and again, it might be ugly, but I just want the passion. 
I want to see young guys that love football, that are having fun. I, I, again, I hate to keep propping up the Lions, but that's what we saw from them. Just that raw passion to be great, just for the sake of being great, and understanding that, that you can't just want it, you got to do it. It's one thing to say, I want it more than I want to win a Super Bowl so bad, but I'm sorry, if you're not putting in the work, if you have no interest in communicating with anybody on your team, you think it's a joke that you need to talk to your younger wide receivers, you think it's a joke that you need to show up to OTAs, then don't talk to me about why you know how you think that you really want to win a Super Bowl. Because I'm sorry, I, your words and actions don't line up. So again, this isn't about he can't be great anymore. Yeah, maybe he can. And if the Jets want to pay for Aaron Rodgers over the next three years for one year of his time, that's on them. I'm not interested. And if my position is not clear at this point, I freaking tried, man. I freaking tried. So, all right, there's about an hour. Start to finish, top to bottom, back to front, front to back, bottom to top. Left to right, right to left. Lower left quadrant to upper right quadrant. You know, the, the full, all the diagonals. It's my best attempt at giving the correct view of things. My honest view of things. So when you hear Ty Schmidt say that I'm only doing it because I defend the, the front office no matter what, it has nothing to do with that. Nothing whatsoever. I absolutely will not defend the front office no matter what. It's why I stopped defending the front office when I thought things got bad under Ted Thompson, and I will do the exact same thing when I reevaluate things and come to the conclusion the front office is not doing well enough. I like our roster. It's not perfect. None of them are. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't need to be the number one drafter in order to support the guy. Doesn't need to be number one in free agency in order to support the guy. Aaron Jones isn't the number one running back. Do you support him? Aaron Rodgers wasn't even a top 10 quarterback. You support him. Christian Watson wasn't the number one wide receiver. Do you support him? Rashawn Gary, do you support him if he's not number one? Yes, because he's freaking awesome. Okay? He's freaking awesome. And I think he's doing a very good job. He's doing a job that is up to expectations or above it. And no, it's not some weird psychosis because of the long history of the team that I feel that it would be um, uncouth to ever go against the whims of the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. That's, that's, that's you making up stupid stuff because you don't actually want to think about what uh, the other side is, is talking about, clearly, because you haven't thought about it. And if you have and you know, then you're freaking lying and that's a lot worse. So do not get my side of the story from Ty Schmidt or Pat McAfee. If that's what you're doing, don't do that. If you're curious, you can ask me or ask anybody else, and they will happily give you their opinion. And they might have a stupid opinion. Maybe I have a stupid opinion. I don't know. But at least get my opinion from me. That's my only ask. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.